Hey everyone, welcome again to More Layers. I'm Seth Mariano. And I'm Jordan Smith, and we are happy to announce that our next theater show with our previously talked about group, Artists Unlimited, has finally been announced. Yeah. I've been waiting for it for a long time, being able to see other cast members again and and finally find out what exactly we're going to do. And just a couple days ago, a couple days before we record this, uh, we finally found out what we're doing. Yeah, and it was a nice uh, return to form, as it were. Because every spring around this time is when the reunion would be, which also serves to announce our next show. However, of course, when 2020 hit, we couldn't gather together like that, so we couldn't even do a show in 2020, so we couldn't really do a reunion either. In uh, 2021, because some rules were lighter but still present, the cast was split in half, and there was no group reunion of any sort either there. So... Then comes 2022. Yeah, we kind of still saw each other, but it was through a Zoom call when they announced that we were doing Willy Wonka. So this is theoretically the first time in four years that we had our traditional reunion to announce what the next show was. Yeah, and uh, pretty much like uh, what happened was... uh, well, a bunch of us uh, caught, uh, caught up, had a little something to eat, and then in the final hour of the event, and our musical director uh, sort of cryptically announced, uh, uh, by way of some clues, uh, what we were going to do for this next show. Yeah, and usually, like, she still kind of ended up doing this, where uh, she would... Start by saying, you know, it has good characters, it has good music, great costumes. Then she would start dropping more specific hints. She kind of flipped it around a little bit this time, where instead of just saying the clues, she showed them to us by pulling out these cards that had different pictures on them. Like, one was a peanut, one was an egg, one was a stethoscope. And a few more. And as more kind of showed up, more people were able to pick up on what the show was. And some people knew before she even said it. But then she ended up did, ended up actually saying, you know, it has good music, great characters, and whatever. And then she announced it. We are doing Susical. Yeah. And <laughs> honestly, yeah. Uh, the way the clues were presented is something I didn't expect, honestly. Uh, it's different from what I've heard it, the way I've heard it be done in the past. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, – and and because uh, Susical is not that familiar to me, I mean, I, I, I know knew of its existence, but I didn't really know of the plot or anything. Mm-hmm. So I think that's maybe why I was still pretty much in the dark even going through the clues, but – but I think this should be um, uh-huh, kind of an exciting fun. Yeah, I would definitely say so. Because um, uh, Seth here, for those watching, 
Seth has not done Susical before, but I have because Artists Unlimited has done it before, but this was before Seth was there. So if I can find my copy of the DVD that has our performance on it, then I'll try to find some time to show it to him and some of the other people I know that would be in this show that happened before so they can get a better feel for what to expect. But, uh, yeah, from personal experience doing it with this group, no less, I can say it's going to be fun. Yeah. Well, I think it helps that I just recently, uh, read up on the plot just after finding out we're going to do Susical and, uh, yeah, it looks like, well, like a good plot, a good story. And, uh, and I started actually, lovely, uh, a kind of, a kind of scrambling almost to come up with, with some, uh, predictions for who's going to get what role, which is kind of something, something like after, after we find out, or even sometimes before we find out, oh, what exactly show we're going to do something we something we'd like to do like to think about like to guess so oh we actually decided we're going to going to um put down uh, our predictions for who's going to get what specific role and thought today we'd uh kind of go back and forth Doing that, and uh, I'll let Jordan go ahead and go through his whole list. All right, and uh, for those, just for some context that haven't heard of this show before, if you haven't guessed by the title, Seussical is a musical that includes a lot of Dr. Seuss characters. So, of course, you have ones like Cat in the Hat, The Grinch, Horton, The Elephant, and a few others, and kind of puts them all into one story in some way, bringing elements from multiple Dr. Seuss books into one musical. Horton the Elephant is arguably the primary focus, but that doesn't mean he's the only focus. And Like the cat in the hat, he's arguably also the main character. He kind of pops up as the narrator or kind of pushes the story along. Uh, yeah, uh, it focuses mostly on Horton trying to save the Who's who are living on this speck of dust sitting on a clover that he's holding on to. And a f- few other antics take place, and it results in some chaotic elements, a fun kind of chaotic, and it does get resolved by the end because, of course, it would. So, like Seth was saying, anytime that a show is officially announced, people almost immediately go into trying to figure out who is most likely to play what, or who could they see playing what character. Now, for my list, I tried, for the most part, to avoid listing somebody playing a character that they played the previous time they did this show. And for... The cat in the hat himself, I actually thought of Seth. And the first thing that popped into my mind immediately for 
for this is uh, there's a scene in one of the opening songs where people start realizing Horton has a speck of dust that he's talking to. Is he crazy? And then the cat in the hat shows up talking like he's a reporter on the news. He's like, what do you think, folks? Is the elephant off his trunk? And I thought of that because when we did our production of Willy Wonka, Seth was a news reporter there, and he absolutely killed it in the best way possible. So I feel like that could translate well to that scene alone. But I feel like Seth could really fit this character. He could be fun. He could be a little crazy. He could push a story along. It would just be a lot of fun to watch, I think. Yeah, well, yeah, I appreciate the the thought. I think it really uh, boosts my confidence uh, in uh, well, my prediction, which I'll get to later when it's my turn. So, sure. So, yeah, thanks. And then I thought of Horton's friend Gertrude. Now, this character's story in the musical is that she's trying to impress Horton, but her problem, at least in her eyes is that her tail only consists of one feather. And she wants it to be big and colorful to hopefully impress him. Um, And they do kind of form a connection at some point. For Gertrude, we couldn't bring Sabrina in because she already did it once and she has left the group since graduating. Uh, So I could see one of two people doing it. I could see Jenna or Sammy. For Jenna, I feel like she could betray this character really well. And one scene that came to mind is where she's trying to convince this doctor to give her something that will grow her tail out immensely. And when he initially refuses, she throws a little tantrum, starts to get a little sassy with it. And we've said this before, Jenna... We try not to sound like we're typecasting her by any stretch, but Jenna is really good at playing characters that can be sassy or just outright nasty. And again, that's nothing against her. She just happens to be good at those things. And that scene came to mind. She likes it too. And she says she enjoys it. Yeah. It's like as long as she likes it, why not? So like that scene came to mind. And then she's also shown that she can portray a delicate side to her character, a really gentle side. So I feel like mixing those two things together could really demonstrate a lot of Jenna's talent. Now for Sammy, uh, she is a very gentle person, a very wonderful woman. Um, That gentle side easily, easily can be translated into this character. And she has shown that she can be a little crazy, a little silly when she wants to do that for a character like this. So again, mixing these things together, I feel like could really demonstrate her skill. So either one of them, I feel like could be a good choice. Before, the next character I thought of Jojo. Jojo is one of the Who's in Whoville, uh, and he is the son of the mayor and his wife. 
And he often finds himself in a little bit of trouble because he's thinking a lot or he's dreaming a lot. And the people around him are kind of making fun of him or saying, this is causing a lot of problems. You need to stop. Now, eventually, they find some common ground, but it takes a little while to get there. For JoJo, I thought of a couple people, one being the younger Jason in our group, that being the kid who played Charlie in our production of Willy Wonka. I thought of him because I feel like a lot of what he did for Charlie, he could bring over to JoJo. And I feel like he's just in that age range where he could really make it believable. Because he kind of, he doesn't necessarily act too rebellious, per se. But... Uh, i trying to think. What, what was I going to add to that? But generally speaking, I feel like he could be really convincing in that role. But I also thought of our friend Anthony, who played Mike TV in our production of Wonka. Uh, Anthony can kind of portray that young, energetic type of character. And he's got a singing voice. Like, he's got a really good one. So combining those together, he could be fun to watch as JoJo. And, of course, being a who, they might act a little silly and... Anthony just happens to be naturally gifted at saying or doing things as a character to come across as really silly. I remember when we did our production of Little Mermaid, he was the prince's butler. And I would be off stage while he's doing this, but he would shoo Scuttle away. And in his own type of British style accent, he would say, get away, you filthy bird. But the way he did it, the way he was moving, the way he was talking, when he said that line, I laughed every single time. I might have to watch that. Yeah, I have it somewhere. I just got to find it because in the process of moving, a lot of stuff got put in totes and boxes. So I just got to find which one. Um, but in the meantime, Jason or Anthony, I think, would be a good fit for JoJo. Now, as I was saying earlier, uh, Horton the Elephant is one of the more focused on characters. And I thought of, I thought of a couple people for this one. I thought of our friend Dalton, who has considered, he's not guaranteed to be in the show yet, but he's considered it, which is a big step. Um, I feel like he could be Horton the Elephant primarily because I feel like a lot of his real-life personality is kind of like Horton, whereas they're both gentle giants, as you were, as it were. Excuse me. Because Horton, he pretty much never really gets mad. And he, he may be taller or bigger in some way than a lot of people uh, excuse me a lot of other characters in the cast but he still 
really gentle. Like he really takes care of these delicate things. Like at one point he's taking care of an egg, which as an elephant you would think would be nearly impossible, but he gets it done. And I feel like that gentle giant nature of Dalton's could be a lot like Horton. So he could really do it well, I think, especially since he also has a really good singing voice. Then the other person I thought of was the other Jason, Jason King. And I mostly thought of him because when we did Lion King, he did Pumbaa. And for some reason, thinking back to that, I kind of thought he could do a lot of what he did there and bring it into a performance as Horton. It's a little difficult to explain, but I feel like he could just really do well with it in some way. I'm just having difficulty expressing what that way is. Would this character be like a puppet or something? Or He doesn't really act as a puppet, no. Um, he might have a trunk attached to his nose, and of course he might have some elephant ears. But I think the only character that might have a puppet, if you want to call it that, because it might just end up being a stuffed animal, is the sour kangaroo. Because there's a couple references that the kangaroo makes to the young kangaroo in his or her pouch. I mean, it's usually deemed as a female, but it's one of those ones that could be played by a guy, too, if need be. Um, but yeah, I, I just feel like the way he portrayed the character, not because Pumbaa in our version was a puppet, but I feel like Jason, when he performed as this character somehow he could bring a lot of that over to this other character. Again, I, I'm having trouble explaining it, but hopefully kind of visualizing it helps, but I'm not entirely sure. Then, uh, for the character of Maisie, which I'll describe in a second, I can't remember this girl's name, and I feel terrible because I talk to her a lot, and she's a really wonderful person, but I am just terrible with names, especially if I haven't known them for too long, but it's the girl who played Mrs. Gloop. Kara. Uh, Kara Jansen. Yes, that that is her. Cause I thought of her because when we were talking at the reunion... Uh, she was talking about how she really looked forward to doing this particular show. And I can't remember the exact reason for this. I think it was either because it was the first one she ever did or the first one she ever saw that got her interested in doing theater, something along that line. So I feel like her passion for this show could really help with any character she might end up portraying. But uh, Maisie was originally played by Jenna. And, of course, knowing Jenna portraying a lot of sassy or nasty characters, Mrs. Gloop isn't quite the same, but she still has some form of an attitude, which she was able to show off really well as this character. 
And I feel like that type of attitude could be used again to some capacity as Maisie. And I feel like the songs that Maisie has would also be in her vocal range. So overall, I could see it. Maybe they'll have Jenna as Maisie again. I don't know, but I'm just trying to think of non-repeat casting. Yeah, so did I. Right, and then having said that, there was one person, one character that I had trouble picturing anyone else doing because they just did it so well. And this is Dalton again because in our original production of Susicle, he played Whoville's military general type of character. And I remember watching him portray this character. He just did it so well, so convincingly. Like, he has that power. He has that authority. And a little bit of, like, crazy thrown in there. And the type of song this guy sings, which I think is just called The Military, Dalton can sing really well. And when I hear the original soundtrack version of this song, Dalton is able to pull off a lot of this character's inflections almost exactly the same way. So mixing all these things together, I really have trouble seeing anybody else doing it as well as he does. There might be some people that could still do it really well, but he does it in such a way that it's hard to picture anyone else doing it. And that is all the ones I had. Yeah, so I took a somewhat similar approach. I tried to think of, um, uh-huh. I think of non-repeat examples. You know, you know, actor role pairings that hadn't been done in the previous AU production of Susical. And so, oh. I guess I'll just work my way from top to bottom, and uh, I'll start with Maisie Laberde, which, for which, well, this was one of the trickier ones for me. I finally, though, landed on Stephanie Canis, who previously has done roles including, most recently, Mrs. Beauregard, and, hmm, how do I put this into words? It's just... Uh, has, uh, I guess, a very, uh, it's like a very strategically, very precise, expressive voice, for one thing, that might, might work with it. So, I guess that'd be my reasoning there. Yeah, having said her name attached to this character, I could definitely see some things that Maisie does being done by Stephanie. So I, I'd, I'd say that's a good pick. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and like you for the cat in the hat, I thought of me, which wasn't really something I originally thought about, honestly, but after thinking about it for a while, I thought, you know, considering, you know, you know, earlier, honestly, I thought maybe I'd want, want JoJo, maybe they'd give me that, but now, 
Yeah, but then they think maybe, nah, he's too tall. And uh, considering my height and and my facial hair, I think it would probably be almost a no-brainer to put me in the cat in the hat role. Well, I'll take what they give me, but just saying. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. I, I'll, what's great about this cast is that they don't really get upset if they don't get a certain character. In fact, they spend more time congratulating the person who did. Like everybody wants to be the cat or everybody wants to be the elephant or something along that line. But they celebrate whoever ends up getting cast as that. So I feel like if if you, Seth, do get cast as the cat, which I feel like has a really solid chance of happening, there are going to be a lot of people that are really excited for you. Yeah. Well, thank you. Sure. Yeah. And uh, and I think you said this also for Gertrude McFuzz. I thought of Jenna Diskin. Yep. Which uh, I believe you did as well for one example. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just um, uh, probably a big part of the reasoning was I know she had previously done the role of Maisie the last time the group did it. So. Again, I didn't want to want to do a repeat pairing. I knew I didn't want to do that. So, yeah, and I really tried, I I guess, to think of I think of a match for Gertrude, and I finally landed on Jenna. I guess because I, I, I don't know. I just can't I can't really think of anyone who would probably. Else would probably be that close to that kind of personality. I don't, or I don't know why, but uh, I said Jenna for that one. Sure. Uh, and obviously, because I also came up with it, I definitely agree. Yeah. Let's yeah. And then for uh, the uh, Sour Kangaroo, which is uh, a bit of a smaller role, I think, I went with our friend Tyler Nursinger. He, I don't, I don't know, from what I remember reading up on the Sour Kangaroo, you know, it's a bit more of a opinionated type personality, and I, and so I feel like, like that would, that would more or less describe my Tyler. So, yeah, he's he's a very outspoken guy like he often will say things that's on his mind yeah i i i could i could definitely see it yeah that's like and then uh, somebody for jojo aka the boy i thought of again like i said earlier i thought maybe uh, 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 maybe they wouldn't want to put me in the role of jojo because i'm so tall and Maybe because of my facial hair and and I think because my voice is so deep, it probably wouldn't sell very well. So I tried to think of maybe uh, someone, someone who looked and maybe sounded a little more youthful or closer to that to the age that the kid is that the kid character is supposed to be. Okay. And and for some reason, I thought of Sammy Fike, whom you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And 
And the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. I mean, she's previously played Peter Pan for AU, and uh, that's a role that's usually given to girls. So, And so she could, like, fool the audience or or sell the kid enough, I think. Yeah, it definitely does make sense because a lot of times in animation especially or some theatrical roles such as Peter Pan, a young boy might be portrayed by a girl. And they do have reasons for that, which is a whole different topic entirely. But Sammy, as Peter Pan, has done that before. So I feel like, as you were saying, she could do the same here. Yeah. Let's take and then for Horton the Elephant, I also thought of Jason King. I think mainly because because of his uh, uh, past couple roles, specifically as Pumbaa and Augustus Loop. And Horton is, you know, kind of well, what some might consider a that are a plump shaped character, and that's something I feel like uh, he just happens to be cast in or has been cast in lately, repeatedly. So. Uh, that might be an easy choice there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I was trying really hard to think of one for you, and finally I landed on, I believe this is JoJo's dad, Mr. Mayor. You know. Okay. Well, someone. Yeah. It, pro- it probably wouldn't be that big a role, but it is like, it's um, authoritative. It's. From what I understand, it's commanding from what I understand. And, uh, well, and I know, uh, I guess because, uh, cause I know you to speak your mind pretty clearly pretty often times and, and to uh, be, uh, be able to, uh, and always constructively express uh, indignation. I uh, feel like the role would call for that and, you could do that. I hadn't really thought about that before, but I could totally see it, and I certainly do appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. And the last one I thought of was for Yertle the Turtle, and I thought of uh, Anthony Vignare. Uh, Yertle has a role in the story as sort of a judge presiding over over a trial when Horton the Elephant is put on trial. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. You know, I've like, just, um, um, the sort of tone in which I often hear him talk, like if he's, if he's delivering a line or quoting something, something, it just has that sort of, I, I don't, I don't know if I want to say snarky or, or, or kind of, smirky sort of tone to it that uh that might might fit right with it. I could definitely see that. Now um originally Yertle was played by our good friend Andy. And he he was able to do it really well. Um yeah based off what you're saying I could definitely see Anthony doing it. Now, because the characters are turtle, he might be a little bit slower, and usually slower characters might have a deeper voice in this type of scenario. 
which Anthony doesn't necessarily have, but I don't think he necessarily needs it. So, yeah, I, I, I could definitely see it. He's he's just good in general at playing a variety of characters, and this could definitely be one of them. Yeah. Okay. And so um, we're going to get on to uh, kind of the second half, the curious questions portion of our routine. And this time we're discussing what old songs, meaning from the year 2000 or earlier, would you probably want to see new official music videos for? Sure. Um, and I ended up listing off six of them, hmm. uh, or at least six specific ones. And the first one I thought of was InSync, partly because I'm a fan of them. I have been for many years. And of, I want to say three, four years ago now, I ended up meeting one of the members of InSync, Joey Fatone. So I thought of one of their more well-known songs called Bye Bye Bye. I I don't know if any of the songs I'm talking about have any official music videos, but I know Bye 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 does. It does. Okay. Um, but a new well, one wouldn't hurt. I don't think. Sure. And I think this one did come out in the year 2000 or the year before. So maybe by the time 2025 rolls around, they could do a sort of 25th anniversary of the song and create a new music video for it. Because it's just one of those fun songs that you can still see people dancing to. If they were fans of the group and that song growing up, then they still know some of the moves. So seeing them kind of recreate it this many years later, I f- feel like would be exciting to see. Yeah, yeah, you probably are familiar with that. Probably if you <laughs> if you haven't been under a rock for too long, it's pretty much the music video where uh, I think they're like like hanging on puppet strings and like like girls are kind of rigging them. Yeah, I haven't seen the music video myself, but that idea kind of does intrigue me, so I'll have to take a look after this. Um, And then I thought of one called, well, it's from a band called All For One, with the four being written as the number four. And they have a song that's also been used a lot called I Swear, which... You might hear it at some weddings, for example. In fact, and can... you can hear it currently on television. It's actually being used in a commercial for game. That is also true. And some people may or may not have caught on to this, but if they saw Despicable Me 2, it's sung as a parody style by the minions near the end. Uh, but... I feel like I Swear could be one of those slow dance music videos, which I feel like could be a nice change of pace. Because usually, at least I feel, when people think of music videos, they think of songs that have a lot of energy or just naturally lend itself to a lot of dance moves. I Swear could be something that 
kind of slows things down a little bit and kind of tells a story as it's being sung. Like, the whole music video could be a sort of time-lapse or summary of two people meeting, falling in love, getting married, and maybe starting a family. Because I think there are some things said in the song that also are said at a wedding, like for better or worse, till death do us part, or something along that line. Um, But yeah, again, it's different from what I consider the norm, and I feel like through a music video, it could tell a really touching love story. Yeah, that's a good idea. Thank you. Now, um... The next two I thought of for pretty much the same reason, that being Hathaway's What is Love and Criss Cross's Jump. I thought of both of these because they're both fun songs in their own right, so that could easily help them become music videos. But they've also been used for a lot of insider jokes or a lot of memes or some similarly styled humor and because those songs are still loved they're still popular they're still referenced a lot uh bringing them back into the spotlight with a music video i feel it could do wonders for them I'd be on board for a sort of resurgence for Jump. Uh, I like that song, too. It's uh, it's probably one of my favorites of all time. Sure. And it, it still has its fans, of course, but may not be as popular as it used to. So, yeah, I would love to see it kind of make a comeback, like you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you probably saw the performance uh, Bow Wow did as the frog on The Masked Singer. When he it's did jump. Been, I was about to say, it's been a little while, but I do remember that, yeah. Because I think that was oh. the very first season, or was it the second? That was that was season three. Okay, so it was near the beginning of its run, because I think they're on season nine now. But, um, yeah, I, I do remember the frog, very much so. Oh. Anyway, uh, the second to last one. I thought of was Ricky Martin's Live in La Vida Loca. And funny enough, I didn't think of this song being turned into a music video because of the original version. I thought of it because it was used to kind of close off the second Shrek movie and it was being sung by Puss in Boots and Donkey of all people. Uh, but seeing them sing it, it looked like they had a blast with it, and they kind of made their own music video out of it by kind of playing it over some of the closing credits. So I feel like if Shrek can do it, so can the original writers. Yeah. Or maybe even if Eddie Murphy and Antonio Banderas want to, like, uh, use their voices for it, whether pasted or maybe even re-recorded. I'd be up for that too. Sure. Yeah. 
And I mean, Puss in Boots has had a couple solo movies now. I think Eddie Murphy has expressed a lot of interest in Donkey getting one at some point. So maybe somehow they can do it again. I don't know. But we'll have to see. And then the last one kind of circles back around to boy bands from that era. And I thought of the Backstreet Boys with their song, Everybody, which is also commonly known as Backstreet's Back. And like with some of the other ones on here, it's just a song that people could have a lot of fun with. It's one of those ones you could tell a story with maybe because it's Backstreet's Back. If they made a music video and then made a resurgence as the Backstreet Boys, this could be their way to do it. Creating a music video indicating that, yes, they are, in fact, back. And it's a song that many people still remember from their lineup. So I figure, why not? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I actually took a, a bit of a different approach. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with what you did. I was trying to think of, of songs that, as far as I know, never got a video. Okay. But, but what you did was okay, though. Um, and the first one I thought of was a sort of old, I think, 1980s yacht rock classic. I've probably referred to this um, in the past. Uh, Sailing by Christopher Cross. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Basically kind of a, a simple little, little soft rock song about, you know, uh, no, escaping stress and pain, going out on the water, on her having a comforting time. And, and, yeah. Yeah. It definitely has, I think, the right amount of, Kind of comforting, soft vibe to it. It, but um, I'm not sure whether I would prefer the original Christopher Cross version or I don't know if you know this. There's a cover version that NSYNC actually did on their debut album. Now that I did not know. Um, yeah. Did they uh, keep it in a similar style, or did they? change the song in any way like how the beat flows or anything like that i feel like in some ways they kept it the same but um but i think that even like i feel like there's still something of an arrangement difference to it like oh like the way they would add like melisma vocals or even or even like harmonizing scat or something but over overall it's scott's a close enough similarity to the original. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I had no yeah. idea NSYNC did a version of that song. I'll have to write it down and check it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So either of those two versions, I think, would uh, would probably make for a good video. Okay. Yeah. And then I thought of one um, explicitly... Uh, sort of, I guess you could say, contemporary Christian song that I uh, that I heard, um, I think, a few times on the radio growing up uh, called He's My Son by an artist named Mark Schultz. This was uh, on his uh, debut album. Um, and sort of follows 
I thought there was a kid going through something scary and kind of told from the point of view of his concerned mom. It has a sort of, a sort of dark, but at the same time hopeful, soft sound to it. And I would, and I would hear in my head and I would just picture a dark room in black and white or something and, and some, and I can picture like somebody crying or something. I feel like that, uh, that could easily make for a good story in video form, I think. Yeah, I could definitely see a story being told like that in music video form. I feel like more music videos need to do that, because a lot of music videos I see usually just have people dancing to their own song, which is okay, but I feel like some of them could be more powerful if they had some sort of visual story being played as this song is also playing at the same time. So Mark Schultz, he's my son based off what you're telling me. I feel like it could be a step in that direction, like a good step in that direction. I would love to see more music videos that tell stories like that. I don't know. I feel like, like half of the videos are doing that. And, uh, yeah, it's like, as far as I understand, it's been kind of a more prevalent thing since like, like Michael Jackson made it a popular thing way back decades ago. But, uh, but I guess to some degree it has kind of declined, I suppose, but, sure. uh, but it's, it's not something that's, that necessarily gone away. It's just probably not as prevalent, if anything. Well, yeah, I definitely wasn't trying to say it was gone completely. No. no. But it definitely... Oh, no. Hmm? Well, I was just saying, oh, no, I didn't think that. Okay. But, yeah, I, I really think music videos that tell stories can and should be done more often. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Um, uh, taking a little bit of a of a genre gear shift, I guess you could say. We're going with, uh, next on my list is, um, a song by Weird Al Yankovic, one of my favorite songs of his called Spam. It's, uh, a parody of a song by REM called Stand. And it's like, it's basically a song all about the, uh, the infamous canned meat product Spam, which is pretty much the namesake of, of suspicious emails. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it's just a simple, fun song that um, you know. Um, if you have enough creative fun with it, if you really, it's like if you really know how to pretty much illustrate what's being sung, um, I don't think it'd be too hard to do. Oh no, of course not. Um, but did this one not have a music video to begin with? Because I know. Some of his parodies have had music videos. Oh, a lot of them, yeah. Well, not this one, apparently. Yeah, I did a YouTube search. I couldn't really... No, there's no real official music video for it. I mean, it's in his movie UHF, but there's not an actual video specifically for that song, though. Okay. 
Because I know there were ones for like Amish Paradise or Fat or um, there was even a whole animated music video for his 11 minute song Albuquerque. So I, I'm kind of surprised this one doesn't have a music video. But yeah, if there isn't one, there definitely should be. Yeah. Yeah. And the last one that I wrote down was um uh, was um going back to you know classic Christian music music a song by the group DC Talk the group that comprised uh Toby Mac Kevin Max and Michael Tate who's now with the Newsboys and uh this is the titular track off of their off of the last album they did before their indefinite hiatus called Supernatural basically okay uh, but basically, the lyrics uh, talk about uh, about uh, well, God being, being all there, all powerful, in the midst of this chaotic world. I feel like that combined with the hard rock style of the music in it is it, which has a sort of Foo Fighters feel for me. It it could lend itself easily to some sort of like like the way it's produced and arranged. It could lead it easily make for for an energetic and pretty a pretty flashy storytelling video. Okay, I'm pretty sure I've heard this song before. Yeah, trying to remember how it goes, but I'll definitely check up on that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've heard this song before. So if I have and I listen to the song again, then I'll have a better idea of it. But yeah, if if I remember correctly, that would be a good music video for a song like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I also, to prepare for this show, I also reached out to some Facebook friends and asked them um, what ideas they had, and I and I got a couple pretty good ones. I mean, one said uh, more of a general answer, not a specific song, but they said for an artist, The Carpenters. Kind of an old classic, I think like 60s, 70s, 80s soft rock pop group. Which, uh, which, yeah, I would never, I don't see a problem with. And, uh, then the other one, someone else said a song called Kryptonite by Three Doors Down. And, uh, I did read up on the lyrics and, uh, uh I can see that. Yeah, I, didn't listen to a lot of Three Doors Down growing up, but the one song that my siblings and I would listen to all the time from them is Kryptonite. It's just a song that we absolutely loved listening to. And I don't know if it ever had an official music video. I know I've seen fan-made ones. Like, I can't remember which one this was, but YouTube... For a little bit of background, I don't know if this is done as much anymore, but for a while they would have all these creators making these, I think they were referred to as AMVs, where they would take clips from some show or movie or what have you, a cartoon maybe, and attach them to songs like this. And I don't remember which one this was or where the video came from. But I remember part of the song had this 
person with a sword running up the side of a building. And I forget why, but I remember thinking, this fits so well. So, like, if people who are fans of the song can make music videos of their own, yeah, I, they there definitely could be a really good official one for this song. And growing up with it, I feel like I know the song well enough to be like, if they haven't made one, they should. I actually remember seeing a pretty good uh, AMV video. I don't know who made it. It was um, it was a bunch of clips from the movie A Walk to Remember, uh, paired with the Backstreet Boys song Show Me the Meaning of Being Lonely. And I think it actually worked the way it was done. Show me the meaning of being lonely. I know there was a few Backstreet Boys songs, but not that one. Yeah. Yeah, there was one off of their Millennium album, which was probably their biggest selling one. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I guess that's going to uh, do it for us today. Um, um, Like we said, we're looking forward to... The uh, Susical Musical, I guess maybe we haven't really said it necessarily uh, per se, but nonetheless, I'm sure we both are. Um, in All right. And uh, you can keep up with us on Facebook, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and Facebook, Anchor, and, uh, and you know, and, and tell us um, – oh, oh. Your thoughts on Susical, songs you want to see music videos for, and uh yeah, and I'll um I'll try to um I'll post more often ahead of time, maybe give you guys a chance to come up with some answers and maybe we can use them on the show. And uh yeah, just keep the conversation going and please uh, uh share what you have to say. Yeah, and unfortunately on our end we won't have too many details for our production of Suzical to add for a little while. Because, yes, they do announce what the show is early in the year, but they don't even start rehearsals until the end of August, usually. And only right. then does everybody learn who officially is playing what character. So until that time, we won't have much to add on that subject. But we might still bring up some stuff about Artists Unlimited or shows that we've done before or shows that we would like to do at some point. But in terms of this specific show, we won't have too much to work with for a while, and we apologize. But when it does finally roll around, it'll be exciting. I promise that. And I also want to thank the people that sent in some of their answers. Very much appreciated. If you want your own answers or questions talked about on this show, please reach out to us. We love responding. We love talking about what you have to say. And the more people that get engaged, the more there is to talk about. Yeah, well, thanks again, everybody. And uh, uh, we'll see you soon. Uh, have a nice day. Here's to Susical 2023. Yeah. <laughs>